0: A bonus, there you go. Kirsten is back, baby. He's now he's now gonna be the prime minister, possibly. He's I'm still like not convinced he's gonna win.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he could still absolutely fuck it. Um, and, don't,
2: and don't you worry because even if he does win, he's all he's gonna do while he's in power is uh, lock in the Tory rightward march that we've experienced over the last 12 years. Because guess what happened after uh, while Blair was in power?
0: Well, basically, the Labour Party's job is to come in and try and make the mess the Tories make somewhat functional and then get, kick, get kicked out because they didn't fix any of it, actually, because yeah. it was all unpopular. And then the Tories get to come in and make more of a mess of it, and then Labour get to come back in and make that work. It is yeah. like classic, like, just saving capitalism from itself instead of, like, actually solving the problem, which is the capitalism.
1: Speaking of, uh, speaking of saving capitalism from itself, no business under 500 people will be subject to business regulations, says Treasury Minister Chris Philp.
0: Well, that's my partner fucked then, isn't it? Like, she works for a company with less than 500 people. How is that going to fucking work? What, like, what the fuck is that? At least I'm in a company that employs like a million people, so that's good. Probably yeah, not a million, I mean...
2: but you know what I mean. Another reason not to work for a small company. Fuck me.
0: Yeah, like, the thing is, small companies expect you to actually do your job.
2: For what? Yeah, it's disgraceful.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is me. Me and my partner always talk about, like, what the difference between our jobs is. And I, I have a lot of days where I'm like, yeah, I didn't really have much to do. I just answered a couple of emails and I went to a couple of meetings. And she's like, I had to issue several designs today. And I had to get on at my, the people I manage. Because they're not doing their design work quick enough. And I'm like, man, that just sounds like a fucking hassle. Yeah. I'm, I'm, technically, I'm technically now the test lead. I'm just letting my guy, I'm getting out of their way and letting them do their job. I'm just like, fuck it. You guys do your job. Just tell me when it's done and I'll just tell the higher ups that it's done. Easy. I also specifically tell them to like leave work when they're meant to leave work. Because I'm like, don't stay late. Fuck this company. Just get the paycheck and run. But also a lot of my team this month are just going to have several holidays because they're all based in India. And this month in particular has a bunch of holidays there. So they're going to get a shit ton of days off. It was good for them,
2: really. Excuse me a second, an enormous fly has just entered the room and it is annoying the fuck out of me.
0: <laughs> We've lost one of our guests to a fly. I, I, hope mean, Alice, like, I hope Alice doesn't walk into that machine from the fly.
1: I'm, I'm hoping it's this it enormous fly. It's like, you know, fucking six foot tall, wearing a trench coat and a hat. <laughs>
0: this come to have a meeting with him. That's what happens if you click on the big follows links on Twitch. This giant fly will show up
2: <laughs> and just want to have a meeting with you. Right, I'm back and I've got my electrified tennis racket, so I'm good to go.
0: Oh, right,
1: cool. Love the lucky tennis racket.
2: Yeah,
0: basically, I just tell them to fucking not do their job properly, to be honest. So, what can you do? Actually, they do their job properly. They do a better job than I ever could. You know, that's just life. I promised that I'd tell some family stories. It's time for some family colour to this. So, because it's the first time a member of my family has done something other than stand in front of the president of Turkey while he explains what an A is to them.
1: Yeah. So Mm -hmm. this
0: is good. First noteworthy thing. So my granddad is, uh, first of all, my granddad uh, was six foot four and had blonde hair and blue eyes. None of which I inherited, thanks to someone. (laughs) I'm not going to name names, but it might be my mum's fault. Because she's like (laughs) four foot ten. So I feel like that cancelled that out. Also, my dad's like shorter than me as well, so who, who knows? Uh, that'll that'll do it. Yeah, I, I am I am comparatively a giant in my family. <laughs> I'm like five ten, so um, <laughs> it's very funny. Well, well, what I am now because my granddad's uh, sadly departed, but he before he died uh, when I was twelve, he told he liked to tell stories. He liked to tell a lot of stories. He also liked to say a lot of slurs. So maybe we'll sort of skip over that bit of it.
1: He sounds a lot like my granddad if my granddad ever told stories.
0: Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I would always go to Turkey, and whenever I went to like their apartment in Istanbul, there would be all these fucking medals in the uh, in the in the cabinet because my granddad was a soldier. He's, he, he wasn't one of so the the Turkish brigade was mostly made up of what I would politely describe as rural bumpkins and conscripts. My granddad was a rural bumpkin, but he was also like actually a professional soldier, which is why he was a minesweeper. Because like he was not a dumbass, unlike the majority of the brigade apparently was. Yeah. That's the background. The brigade is the brigade is mostly just farm farm lads from rural Turkey going on a tour. Which you might think is like not a good recipe for, for, you know, military professionalism and cohesion. And you would be right, it was not good. In his cabinet there are a bunch of medals. Uh, one of which I know is it has this weird writing on it that I can't read. Oh, these weird S's. What's that all about? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no,
2: <laughs>
0: no. It's, uh, it's this it's this writing script called Hangul, uh, which is the Korean script. I'm like, why the fuck is this weird gibberish on your certificate with your medal? Because like, I went, cause it's from Korea, dipshit. Like, <laughs> pretty much what was said to me. Um, and pretty much the exact tone in which it was said to me. So I had to be like, Korea, what the fuck is that? age
2: nine. Um, A part of the greater Turkish Empire.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) so the Turkish Brigade uh, is, it's kind of one of these, it's one of these things where Turkey's like, yes, look at us, we're really part of the big boys club, sending soldiers off to do stuff in foreign countries, which, you know, okay, that's a uh, that's a that's a way to think of it, and in fact, they had this horrible ID symbol that the Americans gave them, which uh, looks like this. It just looks fucking terrible.
1: What the fuck?
0: Yeah, just a fucking <laughs> arrow would start.
1: Australian it. Christmas tree. Yeah, it looks like it looks like some off-brand Star Trek insignia.
0: Yeah, Turkey decides to send. This brigade, which is three uh, infantry battalions, an artillery battalion, and a bunch of sort of support units—you know, mine sweep, you know, all that stuff—right? The support units, and they basically said, "You know what, America, you can command this army for us. We're going to send this, um, we're going to send this general who took a demotion in order to specifically fight in this battle over to command them." And this guy was actually a veteran of Gallipoli, so they sent a guy who really knows how to win. And this guy was, like, the guy everyone was a fan of,
2: to send off. Hard not to have big respect for a guy who kicked the shit out of the British. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He he participated in kicking the shit out of the British, and then went to fight the Koreans. The Turkish Brigade, they get deployed, but first they have to, you know, get to Korea, right? Because Korea and Turkey, I don't know if people know this because of the YouTube maps, don't share a border. Not Not yet, Not
1: with that attitude, no.
0: Yeah. So they had to like. So what they did was they got on this uh, on this. Uh, I think it was a British boat. Even they got on a British boat that took them to uh, to to Korea. But they made a couple of stops. One was Cairo, well, J- well Egypt. But they ended up going to Cairo. And my granddad fucking had a blast there. Apparently, don't want to fucking interrogate that too hard. To be honest with you, I'm just gonna leave that. I'm gonna leave well enough alone. With I, li- that. I like
2: how that could be interpreted as both literal and figurative.
0: Yeah like look i don't i don't know well like turkish soldiers whenever they go abroad mostly just seem to smoke cigarettes and drink beer like like every other fucking you know soldier who gets deployed anywhere friend of the show Nate Buffet, does comment that a lot of it involves jerking off in a porta potty so <laughs> so i don't know that's that's what he said anyway so you know they go they stop off in egypt because it's a long trip and then they stop off in japan Now, Japan at the time is, you know, the military dictatorship of Douglas MacArthur. But also, it's already doing weird tech shit. It's already doing the weird tech shit. And in Turkey, there aren't, like, TVs or nothing like that, right? You had the radio and that's it. If you were lucky, you had the radio. So my granddad's wandering around in Japan, you know, he's smoking a shit ton of cigarettes because he's Turkish, and he sees a TV, and he's just like, what the fuck is this? The pictures are moving! Like, the way he described it was fucking incredible to me. He was like, what? And it turns out there may even have been a colour TV in the mix. I think he was mostly just, like, dazed and confused. But he's like, there was a TV, and it was the coolest thing in the world to me. Which, which I mean, tells you something about why people who are old now uh, perhaps have had their brains melted.
2: Uh, yeah, that's all the chips of lead, uh, lead-based lead paint, right?
0: Yeah. That, that would probably be it. Now the Turkish Brigade is—they uh, stay in Japan for a little bit, and then they go off to—they uh, go off to to Korea. Now I think my granddad was part of the 1953 deployment. Don't quote me on that. He might have been the 1953 deployment. So basically, there was a new deployment every year. So you would have like so 1950 was the first one, then there would be one in 1951, and then 1952, 1953, up until 1960, basically, even after combat had ended, but the war hadn't. The Turkey was still sending a brigade, and uh, so my granddad shares this distinction with a, with an interesting figure called Kenan Evren, who would fu- who would go on to become the military dictator of Turkey. Uh, he wasn't. It there just, at the just same goes time. to show
2: what your dad, uh, granddad could have achieved if he pulled himself up by his bootstrap.
0: Well, they weren't there at the same time, but yeah, he he went on to become a the military dictator of Turkey. Now, this is to be fair, in contrast to my other granddad, who at this point was a tailor in Istanbul who was a very high-end tailor who all of the politicians liked going to. So he has the tea on on a lot of personal life stuff. You know, who was banging mistresses, you know, who, who um, who was sneaking off to, this is a real one by the way, who was sneaking off to Switzerland to meet with their French mistress and secret family. You
2: know, shit like that. I'm not even. That one's actually dead real, by the way. I, I, I just want to say at this point, like, how who the fuck has the energy for a second secret family? In a I can only a imagine how difficult. What? Yeah, imagine how fucking difficult having one fat the one family is, let alone a second secret one. Yeah, yeah. They,
1: they didn't have gaming back then,
2: so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tetris has destroyed the se- second secret family.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Millennials have destroyed the secret (laughs) family. Oh, dear. So the Turkish Brigade arrive in Korea uh, around November in 1950, and they immediately become part of a series of very, very disastrous fight battles. So on their way to the first battle, they see a bunch of Korean soldiers attack them with artillery get told off by the Americans. They don't understand they're being told off and think they're being praised. <laughs> it's really unfortunate.
2: Ja- uh, so- Jamie behaves like <laughs> that sometimes.
0: Yeah. That's why Jamie keeps making
2: Twitter accounts. <laughs> <laughs> You're <laughs> so ha- good at this, you need to start over.
0: Yeah. But what happens is they, uh, there's actually quite a famous battle called the Battle of Kunori or the Battle of Wawan. It's part of the Battle of Wawan, I suppose. And basically what has to happen is the Americans have done something very stupid. They've overextended their line. And now the Chinese army has arrived and noticed that there are a bunch of Turkish soldiers standing around on the other side of the river smoking cigarettes and not paying attention. <laughs> and they've realized that if they can get past these very, uh, very, you know, energetic Turkish soldiers, that they will be able to cut the Americans off of the North of Korea and kill all of their soldiers in one go and win the war. And the Americans have quickly clocked on to the fact that, uh-oh, we're going to get cut off. and. They go to the Turkish Brigade, presumably with an interpreter, and go, no, you don't understand. You need to hold this position until we can get the fucking stupid Brits out and the stupid Americans out. But also, you have to do it on your own with no reinforcements for a while. This, this battle, the common telling of this battle is that the, the Turkish soldiers basically put up this valiant fight and really like held the line, and presumably that's somewhat true because it was a successful delaying action. We know it was because all the American and Brits got out and then they were reinforced. The, the thing is that the, the Turkish army had done this really foolish thing and forgotten to bring bullets. <laughs> <laughs> or forgotten to bring enough bullets, I should say. They didn't have enough bullets. So they ran out of bullets and were... Um, and were um, and were beating the Chinese army quite literally with sticks. <laughs> and not only were they beating them with sticks, they—if you take the Chinese estimate for the number of killed and wounded on both sides—they beat they beat the Chinese by five to one in terms of like KD, basically. <sighs> While not having many bullets, they had to ration the bullets. Yeah. In the battle. <laughs> fucking,
2: fucking military conflict. That's like one of those Call of Duty videos where it's a guy leaping halfway across the map with a knife.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was so, it was so bizarre. They basically ran out of bullets and artillery quite quickly because so, the Chinese outnumbered them so much. And the thing is, the reason they were put in this position was the 8th Army, which they were sort of seconded to, if you like, were doing what was called the Home by Christmas Offensive in North Korea. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's, <laughs> the that they sack well. it all off at, at three o'clock offensive
0: yeah like what the fuck and a lot of, a lot of historians are uh, kind of <laughs> the, our,
2: our hearts aren't really in it offensive <laughs> yeah.
0: a lot of them are kind of like well you know the Turkish army were probably a bunch of dipshits who were like rural people who just couldn't really um, support the American army anyway which is probably partially true but also like other historians are like well they did do a successful delaying action so what, who's to say yeah. And, the, they, and the American they, they general—they
1: really, were really good at Counter Strike's Counter Strike's Eco round.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, the actual general who was in charge, uh, Tarsin Yazija, he goes like, "Well, the Americans didn't tell me that the um, the American army were retreating from their home by Christmas offensive. I'd assumed the offensive was carrying on because we were going to be home by Christmas." <laughs> like, and <laughs> then, his, basically, because they hadn't been told, but to um to do the retreat. His army were like, his troops were like, well, we, we're, we're doing an offensive. We were told to hold this position. We're not going to attack the Chinese troops. And then they were surprised when the Chinese started advancing. So they had to get bayonets out. They had to whip out the bayonets. And he said that the only US unit he was grateful for was the combat medic unit. <laughs> which, like, fair play. So that's, like, one of the major battles that they were involved They were involved in two other battles whose names are incredibly uh, Korean. So I'm going to give it a good go. Kumyanjang-ni um, is one battle, but it doesn't really seem like it's an incredibly... It was basically a Turkish army offensive... Oh, sorry, def- uh, sort of defensive stand that was successful, as I understand it. Ah, yeah, here we go. Here we go. I've got Turkish language. I trust it much more than... Uh... Yeah trust it much more so the turkish yeah so i love the name of their operations there was operation thunderbolt which meant that the turkish brigade were actually doing an offensive uh so basically the americans were planning to retreat uh at this point from their offensive another offensive that had gone wrong but the turkish brigade winning meant that they were like hold on a minute let's do more offensives let's see if we really can be home by christmas which I have to say is uh is uh is not is not likely. Uh, it's for those who know about the uh the the war. And there's uh basically this war called the uh sorry, not war, but there's this battle called the Battle of the Nevada Complex, which my granddad would have participated in, judging from the dates. And basically the idea is Chinese forces were holding these sort of frontline outposts. Oh sorry, Chinese army were attacking these US frontline outposts which also had Turkish soldiers in them. And most of, them were t- most of the soldiers involved were Turkish. And basically, the Chinese won, but they suffered so many casualties that the Chinese couldn't advance anymore. And Turkey's like, that's right, we won, baby. We're number one. we <laughs> done love, it, baby.
1: Love a good Pyrrhic victory.
0: Yeah, a Pyrrhic victory. <laughs> and, t- and Turkey basically, con- Tur- the Turkish troops were constantly counterattacking like it was Hearts of Iron, <laughs> wondering why it wasn't working for a bit. But yeah, basically the Turkish Brigade seemed to mostly spend its time hanging out, just like being guys with the American soldiers. My my granddad did learn some English from the American soldiers, didn't speak it it at all, really, by the time he was old. Uh, Most of which, I'm reliably informed, were racial slurs.
1: Colour me shocked.
0: Yeah, so that's one of the things. And the other thing is that the Turkish Brigade is actually lionized in some propaganda, but not in Turkish propaganda. I mean, it is in Turkish propaganda. They're like widely beloved and stuff. But there's actually a. Uh, how many of you do you two remember uh, a guy called Shinzo Abe? Oh yeah, I think I heard of him recently. What's he up to now? Yeah, I hear he's doing well. <laughs> well, the guy who did, who guy who Abe'd him, if you yeah. like. Um, <laughs> Love to it, become it, a it, verb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with a fucking fallout gun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking fallout ass Garden as well it's fucking incredible Well, that's how it happened because he, was, he had ties to something called the Unification Church uh, or I'm something,
1: sure that sounds normal
0: yeah something that was also known as the Moonies
1: I'm sorry uh, the
2: Moonies
0: yeah they're called the Moonies uh, yeah. because they're founded by a guy called Sun-, Sun Myung
2: Moon right okay I thought it was going to be some like weird lunar fascination yeah, but, uh, I would say the that, guy was literally just called Moon, which I suppose I mean, is fair enough.
0: I mean, to be fair, there is also a lunar fascination because it involves like a UFO. So they are they are they are, they are generally regarded as a dangerous cult and have <laughs> uh, and and regularly get involved in politics, particularly anti-communist politics.
2: Oh no! How does this keep happening? This anti-communism keeps getting in my right-wing cultery.
0: Yeah, how does this keep happening? Now, the thing about the Unification Church is that they were founded, uh, they were founded during the Korean War, effectively. Cause, well, because it's still ongoing, technically. But they were founded like just after the act of combat had finished, in like 1954. And they uh, have what we might call significant political ties to this, to this little-known party called the Liberal Democratic Party of Japan. Uh, you'll never guess which party Shinzo Abe was the leader of.
2: I wonder. Yeah, I'm sure you're about to tell us.
1: Was it the uh, Was it the getting a hole blown through you by a homemade pipe gun party?
0: It It was, in fact, the Liberal Democratic Party. I'm not going to attempt to read the Japanese, even though I'm learning Japanese. I can't. I'm not going to try and read these kanji. Li- he's, well, he's,
1: uh, his dying words were like that. The, the guy should have used that gun on squirrels.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give it a go. Actually, I will give it a go. Jiu minshuto There you go. There. You go. I, I can. I can. I can kinda of pause. I assume
2: oh, that was perfect, and I wouldn't worry about no, it. No, I yeah. don't think I don't think it was.
1: But anyway <laughs> I mean I, I I barely speak English, so it sounded fine to yeah.
0: me. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the accent was mainly the main issue. Um, also I love that their anthem is literally we. That's it. it means we, like us. <laughs> like
2: but yeah, they have Hold, holding t- yourself in quite a, quite a large degree of self regard there. Yeah, <laughs> well,
0: well, I mean, they have won literally all but one
2: election that Japan's ever held. It's, it's just fucking hilarious to me. Like, oh yeah, the slogan is us. Yeah, me, we did it.
0: Yeah, hell yeah,
2: <laughs> hell yeah, me. So
0: whatever. Yeah, that's just us. We. Yeah, like It's, it's better than like the fucking um, every single Turkish political party slogan. Hold on, what's the JHP's political slogan right now? Let's find out. And also, I will say that the, um, that the Social Democrats in Lithuania have a hilarious slogan, which is, the person is the most important.
2: <laughs> it Sounds like the fucking start of a, like, biology lesson.
0: Yeah, also, oh wow, the, fu- the fucking Republican People Party slogan currently is fucking insane. People first, unity first, Turkey first. How, How can work? three things be first? Yeah.
1: The three-way tie party?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, they probably will be involved in the freeway tie in some way. Um. <clears throat> anyway, I also find the um, I also find their the map of their electoral performance really funny. Uh, tell me if you spot something interesting about how they perform in certain regions. Uh, Jamie will have more context about this, given the southeast of Turkey. He knows what went on there. But tell me if you spot a region of Turkey that's entirely missing on this <sighs> map of their vote share. Yeah, <laughs> wonder what that could be about. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. Oddly their vote is incredibly strong in the specific province where the genocide happened. Oops. Uh yeah, it's really fucking weird. But anyway, back to the, the Moonies. They actually made a film called Inchon, which is named after the famous Battle of Inchon, which depicts the Turkish brigade valiantly fighting in the battle. And they're made to look out look like real big like hero guys and like they're the fucking coolest guys in the world. Do you, do you guys want to know when the, the Turkish
1: Turkish, Bri- Turkish Dirty Dozen?
0: Yeah, do you want to know when the Turkish Brigade arrived?
1: Was it two weeks after the battle?
0: Oh, it was a month. <laughs> <laughs> they rolled in and apparently did try to take some of the credit.
2: It's called it's called reinforcement. Yeah, it's yeah. called
0: stealing valor. Um, I'm fully in favor of it when it involves American troops.
2: Yeah, you turn
0: up,
1: turn up late, and declare war so that you can get into NATO. Hmm.
0: I mean, that is the net effect of this. Oh, that's the cops going by. And the, the fucking podcast police driving by.
1: Yeah. to get you for calling uh, Erdogan Gollum earlier.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, that is basically the point of this. The point of this was to join NATO. To look like, hey, look at us. We're reliable allies in the fight against communism. I'm doing
1: that fucking thing again where I say something as a joke and it turns out to be what actually happened.
0: Yeah, you should... <laughs> d- you, oh, Always assume that if it's the funniest thing you can think of and it involves Turkey,
2: it's happened.
1: <laughs> this happens. This happens constantly on Praxis Cast as well. People will be talking <laughs> about like, oh yeah, something like fucking. Do you know what I mean? Like, an American state went bankrupt because of it, like, and I'd be like, oh, is it because they spent all their money on like Bitcoin and like ceramic
2: dogs? And Rob was just like, yes. <laughs> it was that time you joked about like investing in moss and losing oh, money, and then it was actually fuck-
1: that that. That caused me such whiplash. (laughs) Have they invented a better kind of moss? Yes. Fuck off, Rob.
0: (laughs) You hear hear that, Rob? We're calling you out. We're putting you on notice. We're telling you to get a grip. (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, so the Turkish Brigade, it didn't really get up to very much other than being being jackasses, really, and uh, occasionally running out of bullets.
1: (laughs) Fucking hitting each other with cars and shit like that.
0: I'm not kidding when I say that a lot of vehicles were lost during the war
1: yeah. on
0: account of jackass-related shenanigans.
1: Turkish, John, Turkish Johnny Knoxville.
0: He's got, my granddad was... What would he have been? He would, have been? he would have literally been 20 when he went to Korea. So you're sending a bunch of 20-year-old Turkish people off to, to a foreign country. No wonder they had such a blast in Egypt and also seemed to enjoy themselves in Japan. Yeah. I'm going to assume... I don't, I don't even know if he was married at that point, so it might all have been fine, actually. Um, <laughs> it all might all have just been uh, boys being boys, I suppose. I also love the Turkish name for the Nevada complex uh, thing is really funny because it's, uh, it's the Vegas Clash, which makes it sound <laughs> like some of the Turkish soldiers got lost, sent, got, went to Las Vegas, and just decided to have a massive brawl. Just Everyone, yeah.
1: everyone dressed up in like sequin jumpsuits with sunglasses on.
0: No wonder they had such a high casualty rate. <laughs> but yeah, so this so-called Vegas Vegas clash was supposed to decisively change the course of the war, which I find hard to believe because the major the line is basically where it started. They were desperate. They were desperate to get some glory for themselves and also join NATO, which is kind of sad. But there you go. But yeah, there's some family colour for everyone. Hope everyone enjoyed hearing about my granddad and his shenanigans and being having his mind blown by a TV. <laughs> Boy, See when, when you, when you mentioned
1: on. that in the nor- at the end of the normal episode, like, cool. Could you guess what invention it was? I thought, could it have been a TV? And then I was like, no. The time, like, we we had TV then. I'll just sound, I'll just sound like I'm, I'm like insulting the nation of Turkey if I say that.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. It was, it did not have TV. Like, it was radio all the way. And then um, I remember my parents told me they had one TV channel. And they would stay up until the broadcast ended because back in the day, broadcasts actually ended. Uh, like, hey,
1: in my in my lifetime, broadcasts actually ended.
0: God damn, <laughs> you, you really are old. But like, <laughs> but they would tell me about how like at eight PM the broadcast would end, and it would end with the national anthem. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, it would end with the national anthem. A completely normal thing. Anyway, I'm now going to find the Soviet TV closing thing to watch as I collect the YouTube zone videos for today's stream. <laughs> that would be like Swan Lake or something, wouldn't it? No, it's, um, it's literally um, the TV closing, the day sign-off thing, is this star that's Brendanified, and then, it's, <laughs> um, and then it's just like a series of scenes of like working men doing hard jobs and like people doing cultural dances and stuff while the Soviet National Anthem plays over it.
2: And you know what? Fair enough.
0: Yeah, fair enough a beautiful a beautiful thing really <laughs> but yeah i love the brendanified star hold on i'll get a snap a screenshot of it but yeah it, the brendanified star is fantastic
1: i mean I, I remember when the bbc would like basically they'd run out of programs and then they'd slap 2 hours of the open university on and then you had to fuck off
0: <laughs> why have they brendaned the star
1: <laughs> why why is the bit that's brendaned off center that is very annoying me
0: it's very make- there
2: was an attempt
0: yeah. Do you want to make a centered version of that for us?
1: That looks like that fella from fucking uh, from SpongeBob has like had some sort of fucking glitch <laughs> on, on a PlayStation Patrick game. Patrick has
0: glitched in the Matrix. Patrick
2: yeah. gets stuck in a mangle.
0: Step Patrick stuck in dry <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we fucking lost the plot. Right, we're gonna wrap it up. We're wrapping it up. It's over. Podcast over.
1: We're yeah. done. We'll Get catch out. you in the normal one. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.
0: That's right. See you, everyone. Bye. Thanks. Bye.